his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a Tuesday edition of the show. Even though it is sunny out there, wow, Sue, did you notice it was a little chilly this morning? It felt like winter, unfortunately. Uh, I did not love it. Yeah, no, not so much, but... Uh, I think it's going to be more of a, a cloudy, rainy Christmas, not a white Christmas. I saw some sort of map. You know, they we have Dave Murray on this afternoon, don't we, Fred? Do we have yes. him on today or tomorrow? Today, today, right? So we'll ask him about this. But now they're they're because they're bored in the uh, meteorological departments of uh, mainstream media. They've created the weather maps to show where potentially you may have a one percent chance of a white Christmas <laughs> moving <laughs> into next week. And I don't think we're in that group, uh, not even at one percent. But we'll check with Dave. He's going to join us a little bit later as we get into kind of a strange forecast after a couple of cold mornings uh, and a lot more here as we wrap up. Um, I'm going to wrap up a couple of days and then take my Christmas break and Fred's off and Abby's off next week. Sue's going to hang out, I think, the whole time, unfortunately. Not to make you feel bad, Sue, right? Oh, well, <laughs> that trying. is poor planning on my <laughs> part. It really was. I'm yeah, not trying to highlight no. the... Well, I'll be with you outside of uh, you know Thursday and Friday. I'll be back next week. And okay, well, that will We'll help. have a great, great time. Mark Milton is hanging in our green room right now. He's a local tax attorney, former DOJ tax division trial attorney, and he's also the uh, the person, one of the people responsible for filing a suit in St. Louis against the earnings tax and those people who did not work in the city, you know, during the pandemic and coming out of that and trying to expand that into a class action lawsuit. Now, there was a little bit of a delay in that a couple of weeks ago. Mark will give us um, the update, but he's got some great thoughts on Hunter Biden and all the developments there related to taxes. It's also the end of the year, Sue, as you know, so yep. we'll, we'll ask him yep. for some last minute tax tips, et cetera. You know what else is happening in a bit of a crazy way? You've seen me, and when I talk about Thomas Helbig in the Retirement Advisory Group, we often refer to the Dow and where the market is, and it wasn't too long ago that it was sitting at like 34,000. It was sitting 33, 34,000, didn't move, didn't move, and then it started to budge a little bit, then it didn't move, didn't move, and it started to budge a little. We're at like 37,000 for the Dow, and you know, if you, I've kind of made it a practice to not peek at the 401k, but if you are peeking at the 401k, you're finding that your year was not... Not too bad overall. Yeah, so that's we'll, good news. we'll get Dave's thoughts because typically, I'm not an expert, but typically at the end of the year, you know, you, you don't always have uh, the best results and maybe there's a little bit of a correction. But we closed today at 37,557. Um, the Dow up 251, the NASDAQ up 98, and the SP up slightly as well. We'll get into all that with Mr. Simons. We got Kilme dropping by for a visit. This afternoon as well. I wanted to start, though, and this is rather serious, but pretty stark reporting that I thought was effective from the free press today on the topic of anti-Semitism in um, in schools across this country. And we're not talking about academia. We're not talking about institutions of higher learning, if you will. And there was a piece that was published today. Barry Weiss blasted this out on her Twitter. I retweeted it earlier as well. 
Can you say re-exed at this point? <laughs> I, I don't like it, but yeah, I, I don't guess either. you can. Francesca Block is the person who wrote this. And this some of this stuff, really, when, when you hear what she wrote is, maybe I shouldn't be surprised. Maybe some of these things shouldn't surprise any of us anymore. But she tells this story about how last fall, this was in Manhattan, Midtown Manhattan, New York, Siriana Abood put a new poster on the wall of her pre-K class at a public school in Midtown Manhattan. Now, this is not kindergarten. This is like pre-K, right? This um, poster claimed, or she claimed, would teach her four- and five-year-old students about the human body. Listen to this. The poster showed four sketches of differently shaped noses, two small noses, one hooked, and another with a nose ring. Why do people have different noses? The headline above the drawing's ass. Underneath, the kids posted their answers. One wrote, I think it's because of your ancestors. Another scribbled where you are from with a smiley face and heart next to those a booed Penderone answer. I think it's based on your identity. In art, we can often tell ethnicity from the bridge of your nose. One senior educator in the district who is Jewish told the free press she was appalled by the poster. You think? It clearly connected to the, or it's clearly connected to the ethnic tropes of Jews having big noses. Quite frankly, it reminded me of Nazi comics. I had a visceral reaction to it. It was anti-Semitic. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And by the way, there's pictures of this thing. So uh, the, the poster, she, they, the Free Press did this report. They're not only quoting people, they actually have a picture of the poster. And it's pretty, you can see, it says, why do people have different noses? And the noses are just shaped in different ways. And that's where the kids post It's kind of like answer. line drawings of yeah, noses. Yeah, right. right. She um, is described here as a boot, a 20-something who teaches pre-K at PS59 Beekman Hill International School, wasn't punished or disciplined by the Department of Education for the poster. A source who knows a boot told the Free Press. In fact, last December, she was the winner of something called the Big Apple Award. That's the highest distinction for a city for being a liberation-inspired educator who raises societal expectations of the critical work of young children. So this story says she did not respond to the free press for comment on her Instagram account, which has 7,000 followers. That's a, a modest number in Instagram followers, you know, in the whole scheme of things. It includes a Lebanese flag in her bio about her education mission statement it says centering Arab narratives the way my schooling never did. In it, on the Instagram bio, she shares collective action guides on how to speak with your child about Palestine, how to decolonize your teaching. Now, keep in mind, she's teaching four and five year olds. OK, many of her posts use cheery pastel infographics while declaring her support for Palestine, including one message that she posted two days after the Hamas terrorist attack on Israel. She said, we stand with those still tearing down border walls and we show solidarity with those still fighting to free their stolen land. Earlier, she had made her philosophy for educating her kids clear. Our work her students, let's make that clear. Our work of decolonizing education begins in preschool. It is very much already a political practice. Now, she's consistent with what they do in Palestine with those kids because they teach them to hate Jews at a very early age. They're indoctrinated in, um, you know, exceptional ways. They, they, they're they very successful, successful there in Gaza with the Jew hatred, right? So, the story kind of goes into some of the um, the things that have happened across the country. And the reporter, I mentioned her name earlier, uh, Francesca Block, goes into some of the things that has happened, you know, happened on TikTok, for example. And you have different things that have been highlighted over the course of the past couple of months in particular. So one of the reasons this happens is because of 
legislation that is passed in different states. And you look at California, you have 10th grade history course that was approved by the Santa Ana Unified School District, includes readings in this district that call Israel an extremist, illegal Jewish settler population and accuses them of ethnic cleansing. That's in the curriculum that's approved by the school district. Yeah. Um, In Jefferson Union High School District near San Francisco, it teaches about the Palestinian dispossession of lands, identity, culture through Zionist settler colonialism. That's what these wackos do in these, you know, progressive school districts. This is how they pass it. So the Ethnic Studies Model Curriculum, ESMC, that passed in 2021 in California. And we talked about this quite a bit at the time. This is the thing that they passed, and it mandates lessons on the marginalization of blacks, Hispanics, Native Americans, Asian peoples, emphasizing how they were oppressed by whitey. That's what it's all about. Teach them to hate their country. This is what this is all about. And... You know, the people that are looking at this now, when you kind of drape it with everything that's occurred since October 7th, is this is a Trojan horse to institutionalize anti-Semitism in California schools. In one million secondary schools in all of 50 states, they're learning about history in the Middle East from the Brown University Choices Program. That's a program that openly accepts funding from Qatar, which is a, a big supporter of Hamas. In the teaching materials from this organization, Israel is described as a Zionist enterprise in Palestine, an apartheid state, a settler colony, a military occupier. So the point of all this is, is that just just when you think that this is limited, because I think we've all well, not all of us. I think a lot of us have pointed out that this stuff is is happening with um, with pre-K, you know, K through 12, certainly in high school when it comes to the indoctrination, the the racial nonsense in particular, the BLM crap, that's been going on. We've been warning people about that for literally years in St. Louis. We're going on eight years at this point, and that's what this is about. It's about brainwashing these kids in these progressive little school districts. And by the way, if you live in Webster or Kirkwood, you're not too far away from this stuff. You're about as close to California as you can be without being in California if you're in our area in one of those districts. This is what they want to do. A Harvard-Harris poll from this month, I don't know if we should cite Harvard, but it's going to illustrate the point. 67% of people, we cited this, I think, yesterday, 67% of kids ages 18 to 24 believe that Jews as a class are oppressors and should be treated as oppressors, compared to 44% of people ages 25 to 34, 24% of those ages 45 to 54, 15% of those those ages 55 to 64, and 9%. Think about that. That's dramatic. 9% of people over the age of 65 say the same thing. Meantime, you got 70% of the kids out there that are under the age of 25 that think that Jews are oppressors. In New York City, they educate more than 1 million students a year. This indoctrination goes back to 2018 when they codified it in curriculum called Culturally Responsive Sustaining Education Framework. All this stuff has been slipped in. Over the years. Now the chickens are coming home to roost, right? So we don't know where this is going to lead us. Will this be peeled back in any way, shape, or form now that it's being exposed? I think that they did some great work here in the free press in making sure that people are aware how much this stuff is really happening out there. Mark Milton, tax attorney. He's local. He's in the studio. Coming up next. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. 
Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Ah, damn it. You know, Fred prints this sheet out every day, Sue, and it says 1219 Mark Reardon Show, and then it says Wednesday, like today's says Wednesday, yeah. which indicates it's Wednesday, right? It does. We just figured out it's not Wednesday, is it? No, I sent him a text while you were in that last uh, mm-hmm. segment said, uh, just uh, FYI. He because said, you know what? He actually came in, saw yesterday's show sheet and thought, wow, I was wrong all yesterday. <laughs> it said Monday when it was Tuesday. Would this have given me the pass, though? Like, let's say I get through the whole show. We don't change Wednesday to Tuesday officially. Then could I just not have shown up tomorrow thinking that no, it was, I, that wouldn't work that way? Because I have a Christmas quiz for you oh, before you leave. You it's know what's Tuesday fun about news. that? Here For tomorrow you do or for today? For tomorrow. For tomorrow, I have a quiz for you back at you because oh we're going to do – well, I'm not going to tell you what it is because then I'm afraid, although you're not the cheating type like me, I would cheat. Mm. If you would give me like a little insight that I'm about to give you, but I'm going to do a little uh, college bowl quiz for you. Oh, you and Abby. Yeah, that's going to go well. No, it's going gonna, it's gonna right. to go extremely right. well. I'm, okay. I'm, it's just going to be the names of the, the bowls. The bowl. Well, it's, we're just going to okay. come up with some names, and you're going to tell me if it's a real bowl or if it's not oh, a real I bowl. Oh, I like that. Yes, it's going to be easy, okay. I promise you. Mark Milton is here. He's a local tax attorney, former DOJ tax division trial attorney, a criminal tax lawyer, and a partner of the Milton Law Group. How are you, Mark? Welcome back to 97.1 FM Talk. Good to see you in the studio. Great, guys. Good to be in the studio with you. Oh, I pressed the wrong microphone. I'm <laughs> making right. so many little yeah. tiny mistakes okay. today, Sue. Yeah, he He's looking fancy today. He's got the Christmas tie on. Yes. We appreciate that. I want to talk to you a little bit about Hunter Biden and um, some of the things you've seen in that case. However, we always point out this earnings tax case, and we had an update about a month ago, and then you thought you were going to court to get some resolution on this class action question, but they kicked you into 2024. So just a quick update on that. Sure. So we are on appeal right now on the class action issue. Uh, as you know, we won at the lower court on the issue of are non-residents liable for days worked outside the city. And Judge Sangheiser said, no, they are not. You're only liable for the earnings tax for days you work in the city. But if you recall, early in the case, a different judge actually dismissed our class action counts because we said, hey, this isn't a tax refund case. This is about you know deprivation of constitutional rights. This is you know government taking your money without authorization. And so we feel like we still have a really strong case on the constitutional claims, which would give us class action. So that's on appeal. Uh, the city has appealed uh, the ruling by the lower court, but I don't think things are going to get easier for them as they go up the ladder. Um, but yes, the hearing was scheduled for December. Not sure what happened. The court uh, continued continued it into February, which is frustrating because we we're hoping to get resolution on this issue. You know, another tax filing season is going to go by. But for people out there 
who think they're owed, you know, earnings tax refunds. Again, as we've said all along, you should be submitting your claims. You should you should be protesting the refusal to uh, issue those refunds. And you know, if we are successful in class action, hopefully you will benefit from that. And, down and the what's road. the website if people want to find out a little bit more about this, or if they want to take some action on their own? Where can they go? Sure, we've got information on stlrefund.com. You can also go to the collector's website. Um, he does have the refund form. Um, on there, however, that refund form says you're not you're not able to get uh, teleworking refunds. But we're we're encouraging people to go ahead, calculate the amount of the refund they should get with their teleworking days, and go ahead and submit it. All right. Well, let's talk about our friend Hunter Biden. He's going to be back. Uh, I I heard even that he was back on Capitol Hill today. He spent more time on Capitol Hill without telling Congress information that they're asking for, which is interesting. But he's going to be back in court on January 11th and apparently will enter a plea on some of these tax-related charges, three of which are felonies. Now, Mark, you've you've dug into this. You've prosecuted. You've worked for the DOJ on cases like this. So it's always interesting to kind of see and have you expose what you might notice that would be different in this case or similar to other things that you've been involved with in the past. Well, I think what stands out the most about this indictment, and it's 50 pages, I've read the indictment, is that it corroborates a lot of the rumors we had heard, the the what the whistleblowers on Capitol Hill had said about the strength of the evidence yeah. against Hunter Biden when it comes to felony tax evasion. And so it really begs the question, how, how did they think that these allegations weren't warranted a misdemeanor previously, right? You had the judge in Delaware throw out the plea agreement for misdemeanors only. And now months later, they're able to put together all this evidence that is very damning for Hunter Biden. I mean, the evidence with respect to the felonies in particular uh, deal with 2018, the filing of two false tax returns, both for his business and for him personally, where he, you know, the allegations lay out how involved he was in the preparation of those returns. How Where were went. they lying? All over the place or so, in specific so, areas? And, and Well, this is also interesting. They actually lay out excerpts from his book, Beautiful Things. If you recall, the, the tell-all memoir that he published, they actually use the, the book and the narratives that he has in there as evidence against him. Because in 2018, you know, he was, he was on a bender. I mean, he was spending months in, in California hotels, strippers, prostitutes, you know, doing crack cocaine, all this stuff. All the while, in 2018, he's claiming all those hotels, uh, uh, ATM withdrawals, other things as business expenses. Well, he was conducting no business. And so, so in other words, the, the book and the narrative of the book and the things that he writes in don't match up with the reality of what was happening at the time? Well, actually, or I they think do match they up, do match up. And match that's up. what's going to hurt And they him. are using that against him because those Got are it. his own words. They're going to use his own words against him. Wow. Well, if you were addicted to crack all year and doing all these you know, benders and things like that, you weren't conducting business and you're- Talking about how you're moving from hotel to hotel, um, all these you know undesirables are following you everywhere you go, engaging in all this illicit activity, and yet you're claiming those as business expenses. Oh. That, that's going to hang them out to dry on the on the tax evasion. Well, I think. so this is where Good. it gets interesting because to the casual fan, you might say, "Well, wait a second how how could they not have brought these charges previously?" The answer is because he's getting preferential treatment, and that's being exposed on a daily basis. Well, and another piece is <clears throat> they actually. Talk about the 2014 tax year, and this is where he received $400,000 from Burisma, the Mm -hmm. Ukrainian energy company that's been widely talked about. He didn't report that on his taxes, but it was too late to charge him with- Because that's the statute of limitations deal. And that's what the IRS whistleblowers allege, is that the DOJ was sort of slow walking this investigation, and they they allowed that year to expire. Now, they have charged him with failure to pay, going back to tax year 2016, 2017, 2018 and 2019, but 2018 is the year where they get him on 
filing a false tax return and tax evasion, which is the most serious of the felony charges. So then, from your experience, what would be a typical... Do people often go to prison for things along these lines at this level, even though it's pretty severe? Are you typically going to prison or not? So for the most part, people, I mean, I work with people every day that have have IRS problems, people who haven't filed their taxes for many years, people who, you know, have filed taxes but owe money, and very rarely does it become criminal. Here you have sort of affirmative acts of evasion. Um, The fact that he had the ability, this is key, he had the ability to pay. He had the income coming in, and he chose not to pay the taxes. Instead, if you look at the indictment, from 2016 through 2019, he took out $1.6 million in ATM and cash withdrawals oh. over a four-year period. He also spent, uh, six. they categorized it as $683,000 to women, so direct payments uh, to women. He also put his girlfriends on his corporate entity's payroll. So remember his baby mama in Arkansas, who he had the paternity right, dispute yeah. with, he had her on his payroll. Well, she wasn't working for him. That was just a way to get a deduction for money he was paying her, which is illegal if you know they're not actually doing work um, on, wow. on the business. So it also exposed the Chinese energy company. You know, there, there was all that talk about with Bobolinsky. Remember the interview with Tucker Carlson sure. that the media yeah. dismissed as you know just you know some sort of uh, uh, fake news. Well, it actually lays that out. So here the DOJ. You know, knows about Sinohawk, knows about his getting millions from a Chinese energy company. And, you know, that's all part of the allegations. So the media, while they are reporting that he's being indicted, they're not really addressing what's in here, which is very not only damning from a tax evasion standpoint, but damning from a corruption standpoint. All the allegations that have been made regarding Hunter influence peddling, all that stuff is is laid out pretty decently. In the how, how much can you use in a case like this? I mean, I'm going to ask you to you know put your lawyer hat on, obviously. Sure. But if you're going to try and and seemingly part of the defense here is I, you know I was an addict and I had all these issues and that's the reason that that happened. How much does that play into it with the mitigating circumstances? So ordinarily that would be very helpful if you're a defense attorney and and you would go in pre-indictment in a case like that and try to argue why this shouldn't mm-hmm. be prosecuted. Look, this is really a civil matter. The problem with Hunter here is he didn't file his taxes for several years, and the only reason he fi- ended up filing 17 and 18 is because he had he was court-ordered to do so in his paternity case and in, an, in a, another uh, divorce-related proceeding, a marital uh, settlement proceeding. So he was forced to file them, and then by that point in 2020, when he actually filed them, he purported to be sober. So that's why I think they used 2018, because they can show at the time he filed those returns, which were patently false and he knew they were false he was sober and he also they talk about in 2020 him having the money to be able to pay the taxes but instead he spent you know hundreds of thousands on cars and houses again when he's purportedly to be sober but Uh, there's no evidence no (laughs) yeah it's overwhelming and that's that's what i find so perplexing is how could they have possibly been okay with letting him plead guilty to misdemeanors was it three months ago or, you know, whenever that was, and right? Now you, when the judge suddenly all this out. evidence is yeah. there to be able to charge. Well, that, that, that's why this needs to be exposed. And, and thank, thank Outrageous. goodness, I think it is. Mark Bilton, local tax attorney, is with us. I want to go back, and this, this crosses over into the Hunter Biden stuff. And we hear this. You know, you, you even said you work with people who haven't filed taxes in years, right? Mm-hmm. That to many of us seems, boy, I wish I could have done that. And right. maybe, maybe I'll still do it, Mark, <laughs> yes. and I'll need your help in the future. But that seems so foreign to some of us. Sure. Because it's like, wait, how, how can you do that? Aren't you going to get caught eventually? Is, is there 
something that is typical with that? Are they all different cases? Is there a mindset? Oh, is it psychological? Yeah, so I can tell you, first of all, it's not a great strategy. So you should, <laughs> yes, de- you should yes. definitely uh, do what definitely you can. File. Yeah. And, and I always tell people, even if you can't afford to pay what you owe, because we see that a lot, people, maybe they work up the tax return and they realize, oh, crap, I can't afford to pay it, then yeah. they don't file. Well, there's penalties for failing to file, and there's also penalties for failing to pay. So, so file it. Worst, yeah, best, file you know, it. Make sure you file it. There are alternatives. You can do payment plans. You know, If you can't pay it, you might be able to qualify for an offer and compromise. But what I typically see is there's some sort of life event, a divorce, a sickness, a lost job, You know, where they have to take money out of a retirement account, and they don't withhold on it, and so they get scared, and they're like, oh, I can't afford to pay the taxes. So there's mm. usually some triggering event that causes them not to file one year, and then it snowballs, and then they kind of get paralyzed with fear. And so my other advice is, hey, just because you didn't file one year, that doesn't mean you can't file subsequent years mm. because – a lot of times that'll happen. They think, oh, I can't file another year because then I know I didn't file the year before. Well, they already know you didn't file. And nowadays with all the third-party reporting, W-2s, yeah. 1099s, now with you know Venmo and PayPal, they've, del- they've delayed that another year, thank God. But once they, you know, there's, there's really no way to hide for most people right. you know, sources of income. But people so. are probably, I mean, psychologically, it's just a denial, right? You just well, put you it just right. go into a panic. Right. Yeah. Right. And the IRS is slower to collect, right? If you don't pay a credit card bill or if you don't, you know, pay a car. Oh, they're going to get a call yeah. pretty quick there, right? Right. The IRS is slower to act, but they have time. The IRS, if you don't file, there's no statute of limitations. So they can always go back if you don't file and, you know, assess you with taxes. So we see that a lot, too. If you don't file, they're going to pick up all that 1099 W-2 information. They're just going to hit you with the tax bill. Hey, before I let you go, this is sure. all great and, and interesting, but I, I have to ask just because here we are at the end of the year and there might be people saying, hey, I do file my taxes. Is there anything that you would put on a checklist here for the end of the year that you always recommend to people? Absolutely. So this is a great time of year. It's getting a little close to the you know close to the end, 1231. But, I mean, looking at for, you know some of the low-hanging fruit, right, maxing out retirement. So if you've got a 401K at your work and maybe throughout the year you haven't you know put put enough away to max it out, if you've got the extra cash, it's a really good way to save on taxes this year. Maybe you're earning more than you expect to earn when you retire, so your tax rate now might be lower than it will be at retirement, so it's a really good way to put that money away. Um, charitable giving, if you're you know so inclined, this is the time to do it. Um, now with the increased standard deduction, um, a lot of people aren't itemizing, so another strategy is to sort of you know, maybe you give a lot one year where you might plan to itemize, and then the next year you don't give and you take the standard. It kind of depends on your individual situation. Um, 529 is another great thing. If you're saving for college, um, you got to put that money away before the end of the year into a 529. Um, HSAs, health savings accounts, are something I highly recommend to people. Um, you actually have up until the point of April 15th to put money into one of those. So that's um, something to think about. And on the business side, it's a really good time. You know, if you need stock up on office supplies, maybe you need a vehicle for your business, um, you get the, those things purchased before 1231, you're going to be able to take a ride off this year. Mark Ooh. Milton, great. Thank so you for great. the I Give your website, by the way, if people want to get a hold of you. Sure, stltaxlawyer.com. Check us out. Mark, Merry Christmas. Merry Thanks Christmas. for the information. Good luck with Hunter Biden representing him. Oh, wait a second. That's not <laughs> no, happening. I, for the <laughs> I am not doing? and will not represent Hunter Biden. Thank we'll you. We'll see you. Thanks, Mark. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 months special financing only at Ashley subject to credit approval no minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details
Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Kill me to final visit before Christmas with him coming up here in the next hour right after Sue's News. I, I have a, a pretty cool story about a, a Goodwill vase, or do you say vase? I say vase. Yes, yeah, so do I, but I thought I'd make it sound fancier. Oh, well, you did. That was like four bucks that sold for a whole lot more than that because they found out it was something special. And then Fred, you know, he mentioned this yesterday. I want to get into his EV charging experience story with his um, with his son who came up from Atlanta, I think it is. Yeah, that's they, right. Yeah, they, and he's got some roommates with him, and Fred was just talking about the whole experience, and that kind of piggybacks on the Wall Street Journal reporter from a few weeks ago that went to California and tried to do some of this with an EV and was not very successful. Then I um, have, in the 5 o'clock hour, we got Dave Murray coming up here, and Dave Strom from HotAir.com. Peter Greenberg as well. You know, I mentioned this yesterday, Sue. I find this uh, somewhat interesting. There was a story in the Washington Post that talked about how in Las Vegas at Harry Reed. They call it Harry Reed International now. It used to be McCarran. I was just there a couple of weeks ago. They're going to do a little trial thing with kiosks when you check in in your TSA experience That's to right. make things go quicker. Now, some of it's a little confusing, but we'll get to that in due time and an audio cut of the day. We have our good friend Dave Simons with us, the host of Dollars and Cents on our sister station, KMOX, certified financial planner, senior vice president of investments at UBS Financial Services. And um, David, I'm going to defy history a little bit this afternoon. As you know, how are you? I'm well, and I think I know exactly what you're about to say. Sue, it, it so often is the case with my friend Dave Simons, who I've known now for almost 30 years. This goes back to the uh, the mid-90s, probably 1996 or so, Dave, that I usually only call you when things are really bad in the market. Like, we are tanking, and we're like, what the hell is going on? But it's the opposite. In the spirit of Christmas, that's why I'm doing it. I'm noticing as I sit here every day, lo and behold, the Dow, the NASDAQ, the S&P, they seem to be in green numbers, and we're on a bit of a roll right now. What the heck is going on out there? It's like each and every day, Mark. I mean, the Dow's up another 250 today. It, it, it's incredible. I've been in, I've been doing this now for 30 years, and this is, gosh, I could probably count on one hand that we've seen this kind of a surge in, in very little time. You know, it's amazing. As recently as the latter part of October, not even two months ago, the Dow was in negative territory for the year. And now it's getting into double-digit returns. It's already hit a record high as of last week. 
But um, these and and really, and you were probably going to ask about this, what's going on? You know, there are a number of factors, but the biggest thing is just this overwhelming consensus idea that the Fed is going to start cutting rates and the market never waits for something to happen. It always discounts into the future and says, oh, okay, the Fed's actually going to bring rates back, maybe not to you know, where it was exactly a couple of years ago, where it was down to zero, but at least in that direction, and all is right with the world again, and that's what's pushing this market higher. Yeah, and you know, and Sue knows this, because anecdotally, you know, we sit here in the studio, I see the close every day, I mentioned it often, and I remember, and this is just from the top of my head, and there's not much up there, Dave, I think the listeners realize that every day, but you know, you start looking at June and July, we were still, I think, even technically in bear territory, you know, it's lingering 33,000, maybe you get to 34, and then all of a sudden it started picking up, in August I was watching, September picking up, and then it went flat again. So we were starting to pick up, get to 35, and then it went back to 34, stagnant, stagnant. But in the last couple of months, as you indicated, it seems like every day I look up at the screen and we got a bigger number. Yeah, and, and frankly, this is I'm – a, I'm a contrarian, and this is where I actually start to – I'm not going to say get nervous. I don't, I'm not seeing some huge correction or bear market, but the market is getting a little ahead of itself. I, I – I, I have a, a, a pretty good sense of when greed and giddiness starts to come back into the market, and that usually suggests that maybe things need to settle down a little bit. But the interesting thing is the timing of this, Mark, because we're at the end of a year, as people now have profits back in their portfolios, and in non-IRAs and non-401ks, you don't want to sell a bunch of profitable positions and have a tax burden with just a couple weeks to go. So I could see some profit taking, especially by the big institutional traders after the first of the year. Maybe that starts a corrective cycle. But I would urge people, don't don't get nervous on that. I, I really, one of the things I always look at is I, I try to come up with reasons not to be bullish. I, I really do for, for the benefit of my clients. What could go wrong? Where do we need to be cautious? And yes, they're out there, but I, I'm, I'm still bullish as we get into 24. I, I think we are overdue for a bit of a correction, like I said at the beginning of the year. But I think there's still more upside here to go. Well, we have, you know, again, this is just me playing amateur economist, but we, we don't have really at this point predictions where we did, if we are being honest, a year ago, there were a lot of people thinking maybe slip into a recession end of 23 into 2024. I don't see mm-hmm. economists predicting right. that, right? Now we feel like the Fed is going to maybe start going in the other direction, not raising rates. So that that's a good thing as well. We see other um, indicators that are somewhat positive. Inflation has at least tapered off. I don't think we're in the safe zone there. But obviously, Dave, to your point, we've seen things turn around very quickly in the last five years, and you don't know what's lurking around the corner. No, and that's, you know, we are getting to that time of the year, too, where we're getting all the high-paid prognosticators on Wall Street coming out with their their New Year predictions. I would really urge everyone listening right now, don't pay any attention to it. They They are as wrong. Look, I could go out on the street right now and say, what do you think the market's going to do next year? Oh, I don't know. I think it might be up 8%. I'd say, you know what? Your opinion is every bit as valid as the guy on Wall Street making seven figures and looking at all of these numbers and coming up with some figure that's going to be wrong. And I, and I say that because, once again, when I look at the consensus estimates for 2024, it comes down in the range of the upper single digits, somewhere between 6 and 10%. Every single year – That's where the average professional prediction comes down. And do you realize for the last 100 years, back from the 1920s to today, 
the market has finished between 6 and 10% five times. Really? That's it. It's amazing. People do not realize that. You are better off predicting that the market's either going to be up more than 20 or down more than 5. Though Those occurrences happen with more frequency than this average return of 6 to 10%. Returns are very chunky. That's why you can't time it, and that's why long-term investors have to stay invested. You do not see these kinds of big returns coming in advance. Did, did we not really have, and I don't know what would have been expected, but there, when you have international crises, you know, with what's happening in Ukraine and in Israel most recently, that, that tends to shake the markets a little bit. Did we ever really have that? No, that's the amazing thing. And I go back to when Russia first invaded Ukraine in, in, in late February 22. You go back and look, and the market fell a little bit in about a week or two, but not even double digits. And that was the first surprise. It's like, well, wait a minute. And that was before we knew that Ukraine would put up such a good defense there, that we're still having this discussion nearly two years later. We thought Russia would roll right through Ukraine and then maybe have its eyes set on other uh, Eastern European countries. There was a lot of fear on that. And I thought, well, this is interesting. The market doesn't seem to care, but it gets back to the fact that the stock market, the U.S. stock market, is not as impacted by geopolitical events as much as we think. It really gets down to our own economy, inflation, interest rates, earnings, and the Fed. That's it. No more complicated. Explain the differences, because when, when I always you know, sift through, and this is always dangerous for someone like me who's not an expert like you, and I'm reading something along the lines of market predictions, et cetera, in the Wall Street Journal, other publications, the differences between the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ and the, uh, the Dow with the way that they operate related to economic conditions, if that makes sense. Because yes. I see people predicting, when I, when I mentioned the global implications, that would necessarily or, or potentially have more of an impact on the S&P, right? Yeah, the S&P is the barometer that most of us use because that really, just like the name implies, it it really takes your 500 largest, best-known um, stocks and companies, and it, it's made up of all the 11 subsectors of the economy. So it's your financials, your healthcare, your tech, so on. The Dow is only 30 stocks, and that's been around the longest. The S&P was, was developed in the 1950s, the Dow in 1896, but that's more of the the state industrial stuff. Yeah, it's got some newer fangled companies in there like Salesforce, but it, it, it's mainly more of, of old line of the American economy. The NASDAQ is the pedal to the metal new economy. That's your technology. That's your AI stuff. So year to date, no surprise, the NASDAQ is up 41% and it's AI driven. The S&P is up about 24, 25%, and the Dow up barely more than 10. So when you have a runaway bull market like we have now, that's usually the order that they're in. Go back to last year, though, Mark, 22, when the market was down, the NASDAQ got hammered, then the S&P, and the Dow was only down about 9 or 10%. But, Dave, I mean, if, if you do this every day. If we're being honest, it does not take a whole lot just to throw this whole thing out of whack, right? Well, that's all it takes. All it takes is to have like a month of, of bad inflation numbers. It'll freak this market out. I'm telling you, because right. the consensus is inflation is coming down and the Fed is going to start cutting rates as early as March. And they're going to cut at least four times next year or five. If we get to next year and inflation remains stubborn and the Fed doesn't cut until the fall, we're going to have a down year next year. It's as simple as that. 
That's the only way this bull market continues to go is if the trend lines that we're seeing now with incrementally falling inflation and a Fed that has done raising rates and will start cutting, if those things occur, then I think this bull market's still alive. So what is the, the specific definition of a bull versus a bear market, considering that we were in a bear market up until midsummer, weren't we? Yeah, so the traditional definition is from a market high. The S&P Dow, doesn't matter what index you use, but typically it's the S&P. When it falls more than 20%, when it falls more than 10%, that is a correction. When it falls more than 20%, we are now in a bear market. And same with the other way. When the market, it, it's not as exact in definition on the upside, but yes, when the market goes up more than 20%, people typically think, okay, we're in a bull market. And certainly when we're back to all-time highs, which we are for the Dow, the S&P literally now is within 1% of its own all-time high. And we don't really have a recent example of a pretty stiff correction, do we? No, you'd have to. Well, tw well, in, in 22. So 2022, at its worst, at one point, the S&P was down about 25 okay. percent. So it officially fell into bear market territory. But but you're right, Mark. That was the first time that we had dipped into a bear market since the Great Recession of 08. Can you say we were probably overdue for yeah, one? And we say. got it in 22. Absolutely. All right, Dave Simons. Well, this helps out a lot. And I'm so glad, you know, like I said, in the spirit of Christmas, to bring something to you that is a little more, well, Happy. let's face it, a lot more positive at the end of the year because um, it gets confusing. You know, and I, I think the people that are hanging on trying to make sure they have enough money for retirement get get easily confused. And you see these numbers go up and down so quickly. It's easy to go a little scared in both directions, I would say, and uncertain. Yeah, it and if I, if I can plug this real quick, I, I'm going to go into a lot more in-depth on this discussion, plus some other items I've been asked to guest host tonight on the other station uh, at your service tonight from 8 to 10. So uh, feel free to June, uh, tune in. Well, we will not even charge you for that because you've been so generous with your time here this afternoon, <laughs> David. No, have, have fun you, on KMOX tonight, 8 to 10. And you have a great Christmas. Thank you, Mark. You do the same. All take right, care. take care. I don't feel too bad about that conversation with Dave. Sometimes no. he makes uh -uh. me feel very uneasy, but it's just so crazy, as you know, because we sit here and we look at the numbers, and, um, you know, sometimes you feel like I can take a peek at the 401k, and sometimes, not well, so I might much. not want to look at that for several months. Oh, no Sue's got Sue's news coming up after the top of the hour. Also, Fred's going to share some of this stuff with his kids' trip from um, Atlanta in an EV, which I think is helpful to those of you considering buying an EV, which would mean you might not want to, but we'll get into that coming up. Get more at 971talk.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hiya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 